You are now tuned in to the Wrestling Purists. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Wrestling Purist Podcast. Thankfully, uh, the Ohio State University hasn't come after us yet for our belligerent use of the word the. Uh, so, uh, so fuck you. And uh, that's a big old go, go blue here from the Wrestling Purist Podcast. Uh, alongside uh, big, big blue himself over there. That'd be Jeff Hall. Uh, my name is Ryan, and we have a man that wears many hats, but to us, we just simply call him Eddie. Hey! Yeah, um, the many hats now, we've got uh, one half of the fantastic minds behind Next Generation Wrestling Tennessee. Uh, we, have, uh, we, have, we have Wrestling Ruined. And then now we have your newest venture, um, another podcast. Uh, what what's what's the new one called? Uh, go ahead the, and put that over and get the get next out of the gate here. The next evolution, which is or in the NXT evolution, however you want to read it, but I like to call it the next evolution. Uh, we're starting from full cell days and and moving forward. It kind of had the idea after we did our last uh, NXT podcast with I did it with you with you guys and. It kind of I brainstormed and um, our buddy Brandon, who we do wrestling room with, he was just unavailable. He has so much stuff going on as well um, <clears throat> with, you know, he works in a, a full a full year, all year uh, haunted house um, in Gatlinburg. So he's always busy. He has to start right now. He's starting to get stuff ready for uh, October. They do their big like every weekend. They do a big show. They have a lot of actors and stuff in there. So he has to do all the special effects and special special stuff like that so he's he's kind of unavailable at the moment and um it's hard enough to, for us to get together to record wrestling ruined um but yeah so we kind of been rolling so far the first episode dropped yesterday um i, think, I believe it's going to be on thursdays that we drop episodes um and then you know by uh bi-weekly we have wrestling ruined so busy guy and it's very fitting that you just posted that episode um, you guys are starting from day one, the first day of Full Sail, because what we're talking about today is NXT TakeOver The End, or as some people uh, will take away from, from the uh, promotional poster, NXT TakeOver The End of the Beginning. Uh, so this is uh, the last event that they held at Full, at, at full Sail. Um, this is... Uh, Again, this is 2016, so we're definitely still in this um, transitional period here in the world of NXT. Um, so from now, I'm, now you've watched this show, Eddie, you've seen the first episode. What's the biggest change in, in the landscape between day one, day one NXT at Full Sail to this show? Uh, <clears throat> the first thing I would notice is the crowd. Uh, the crowd, they're completely into everything NXT's doing. Um, I mean, I've, I've talked about it myself, but NXT's kind of was kind of the thing that revitalized my my love for wrestling. It gave me something to look forward to every. I believe it was originally on Thursday nights, and then it was moved to Wednesdays. But it was an hour long television show that I would avoid spoilers for, uh, and I'd watch it. 
Um, that and just the, the amount of talent that's on the show. I mean, the first episode that we, we cover, we see the debut of Bo Dallas and we see the, uh, the debut of the original Ascension, which was Connor and um, Kenneth Cameron, who was Tom Latimer or Bram of Impact. So uh, big to me, the biggest thing is just the crowd and the quality of work that they have right now. Um, with guys like Samoa Joe and Nakamura and Austin Aries and Finn Balor. So uh, that's, that's the biggest thing I've noticed so far. Uh, Jeff, I know that you're a big uh, network NXT guy. Uh, how about, how about you? What's, what's maybe something that you've noticed from day one NXT to this show? Um, definitely. Like Eddie said, it getting, a following, but not a WWE following, a following, you know, all to itself. Um, you know, it kind of, well, you know, their little mantra for a while was by, right, you know, what, so, you know, another brand or, you know, like their, their own brand. And at first, like when it, when I first started watching, it was good, you know what I'm saying? But it kind of, it, it went like the other way. Well, I guess it, it went full circle. Um, but it went from feeling like a WWE product kind of at first to feeling like not their product at all. They just felt like almost like an independent, almost like a ring of honor, um, you know, show with the way the fans were reacting and the matches they were doing and the finishes and like people on it. It almost seemed like it was actually like untouched, you know, it was pure wrestling. Um, and I think, you know, that in hindsight, it went back to, to Vince, but, for a while, it was pure and it was beautiful to watch. And like Eddie said, you know, not not guys like him, but you know, you got people who start watching and they're out of wrestling for whatever reason. Now they're back in, and you know, the rest is history. But yeah, um, it was it was special. Like this time period of whatever from whatever. I don't have dates or anything, but it was it was really good and really special. Yeah, and I think when you look at the overall presentation of it. And you see like Raw and SmackDown and it's very bright. It's very, it's very vibrant. Uh, you've got, you know, the white mat or, you know, you've got, you know, the clear canvas, whatever you want to call it, uh, light gray. Uh, and then you look at, and you look at NXT, it's, it's, you know, a little bit more dark. It's a little bit, it's a little bit kind of tucked, tucked away for me. And I think that's kind of what I take away the most is that this is a real hidden gem. And I don't think they really knew even in, even when they had, you know, the, um, you know, reality show days, and then you had the FCW days. I don't think we really understood what we had because you transition to this and you're on a slightly larger scale. And then now we're in the takeover days where it's, this is what you look for. You know, when, when, when we're talking about WrestleMania and we're talking about SummerSlam, uh, this, this is what you would look forward to. And I think just it's kind of slow rise. And unfortunately now it's rather quick demise. Um, it's rather unfortunate, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have been a, a, a wrestling fan during, during the rise of the, of the, of, of the network era of NXT. Um, so we start off the show. It's a very cool video package. Um, it, 
It has all of the successes and all of the talent. Um, you've got your Seth, uh, your Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt, Paige, um, and then transitions um, into this in, in this era of Sami Zayn, Adrian Neville, Kevin Owen, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, and then and then a bunch of like quick shots um, of everybody on roster now, and then. Um, we get to see the end of Bailey's title run, the end of Finn Balor's title run, and then now we get takeover, the end of the beginning. And do you guys remember watching this show live by chance? Like when it like when it first aired? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Did did you really get the feel like what the end of the beginning was at the time for them? Or is it just like another tag tagline that they were tagging on? Well, when they first started promoting it, they were just promoting it as the end. Mm -hmm. They didn't put the of the beginning. So I remember everyone online was like, are they ending NXT? Like, why would they, why would they end NXT? I'm like, Nakamura just showed up and why would they do this? Like they're doing, they're, they're doing really good business. They're doing, you know, they're having, you know, take over Dallas and all this other stuff. And, uh, then we started I'm like, well, I'm like the only thing that makes sense is maybe that they're going to be leaving full cell. But like, I didn't really understand the concept until like, oh, okay, so they're not doing takeovers here anymore. So that makes sense. Yeah, that, I'm I'm exactly with Eddie. Yeah, I I thought the same thing. I was like, <clears throat> it took me a while, but I was like, oh, okay, like you said, like oh, they're leaving full cell. So you know, the the beginning of where everything all started. Yeah. So. We kick off, we have the 100 versus 10 matchup here. Uh, so we have the debut of Andrade Cien Almas taking on Ty Dillinger. And on, on the surface, it doesn't look like much. It looks like what you would expect these two guys to be doing now. Um, but being there in real time... Um, See, uh, you know, you have you have Andrade de- debuting. Um, he's got the white hat. He's got the suspenders. He looks like a million bucks, right? And then you have Ty Dillinger, and he's over. <laughs> and um, if you don't know Sean Spears before AAW, which Jeff and I have gone into long lengths of, there has been no wrestling before the days of AEW. But if you know, if you know anything about Sean Spears before AEW, his gimmick was that he was the perfect 10. He was over every year at the Rumble. People would be looking forward to him being the number 10 in the Royal Rumble until they got it. And he got eliminated by Braun Strowman. <laughs> so here, here's the thing, too. He, he was he was number 10 like a couple years in a row. And storyline wise, it makes no fucking sense because how how many times are you going to randomly draw the exact same number? So, <laughs> Sus- yeah. suspension of disbelief. No, it wanted to be real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they lied. It's not real. Yeah. Um. So let's go, Jeff. Let's start. Uh, what did you think about our opening contest here for Takeover the End? Of the beginning, uh, I, <laughs> um, I I enjoyed this match. Um, I, I think it was a good opener. Um, a lot of people hadn't seen um, Andrade 
you know, at all. Um, you know, especially even with LIJ and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, this was a good showing for him. This was a good match to open the show. Um, Ty Dillinger, you know, kind of kind of did his thing. He was over, so he could do no wrong anyway. You know, per NXT. Um, and then you put him with a guy like Andrade who can wrestle his ass off and unfortunately is still doing nothing, but um, between two companies. Uh, but yeah, he's amazing. I thought that this, this match was good. There wasn't anything super crazy, you know, going on that, you know, that, that would like wow you, but um, um, it was kind of really Andrade's not coming out party because he was already great, but, but coming out party to, you know, the WWE public, you know, some of the fans that, like I said, don't watch wrestling outside of, of, you know, Vince. Yeah. Eddie, what did, what did you think? Uh, I think when you get both those guys in the ring they they were vo- both very competent to have a great match. Um, sidebar, uh, Sean Spears, uh, we, we booked Sean Spears at Uncivil War five years ago. Complete asshole. I just want to get that out of the way. Broke Whoa, my heart. Okay. Um, broke my heart. He was just a dickhead. So I had to deal with him. Uh, usually when we get, you know, bigger names in, we'll do like the whole autograph signing. And I usually get in charge of doing that. And he just, he just was a dick. So I want to get that out of the way. So fuck you, Sean Spears. Um, however, Ty Dillinger might've been a nicer guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He, uh, uh, the, the watching him grow because, you know, when he originally was on here, he, he was floundering really hard in NXT and they put him originally with CJ Parker or was it CJ, not CJ Parker. Uh, it was with Jason Jordan yep. and they had yep. matching gear and, uh, they were actually a pretty competent tag team there for a while. And then, um, I guess they kept losing and he started doing this perfect 10 gimmick on the house shows and it was getting over really, really big. And a lot of these people who come to the to the NXT tapings, uh, they they were going to a lot of the t- uh, house shows because the house shows were all through Florida. My buddy actually went to a house show last night in Venice, Florida. So well, that whole area of Florida is always just they always did uh, house shows. So he was getting over on the house shows. And then when you see Andrade come out, dude's a million bucks. How mm-hmm. the fuck did WWE not put the, the rocket to the, uh, that guy. I mean, he could have a good match with anybody. You could put him, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm, him and Seth Rollins would have had an amazing feud as uh, baby, a baby face Seth Rollins versus a heel Andrade. But mm-hmm. um, but the, the biggest thing I noticed is that Andrade just looks like a star. Uh, he's uh, just just looks fantastic. Um, his his moveset's fantastic. And uh, of course, Sean Spears, you know, he, he was he was doing great, you know, doing his job, making Andrade look good on his debut. Um, but I mean, it's, it's the best you could ask for for an opening match. I almost feel like the, it's a good way to kind of put him over with a debut at a takeover. Uh, it could have been a match on NXT, just normal television mm-hmm. and could have gotten him over and built up for something more. But I get why they did it. Um, competent enough match to open the show. Yeah, I think I think the thing that sticks out here for me and we went over it um, in la- in last week's show is I would have loved for this to maybe gone an extra couple, couple more minutes. Um, this clock's in at just over five minutes, which I think when you have five matches on your card and, um, you know, this is a takeover show, you're expecting a little more, I think, especially from the opener. Um, but I do have. I do have hope for Andrade now that um, Roosh has officially de- debuted on TV. 
Um, looks like they are bringing um, Lij to um, AAW. And oh, great! <laughs> you've got Roosh. I mean, yeah, but I mean, the, just another fact. Another hurry up and wait. How many stables do we need now? How many titles do we yeah. need? How many tag yeah. titles do we need? How many? How many? How many shows we got? Eleva- Elevation, Dark, Rampage, ROH. Are there going to be? Gonna at, happen? <laughs> are there going to be Atlantic champions with Japanese flags on the belt? <laughs> it's like saying you're the European champion and having having a flag of the U.S. on there. That's cool. Yeah. Um. A fun fact, though, um, when when Ty Dillinger debuted his Perfect Ten gimmick on TV, his first one was against Solomon Crow. Oh my, that's a name I hadn't heard in a very long time. <laughs> I was so hopeful for Solomon Crow. The, the gimmick was so I, I liked it. It was something different for NXT, and then um, you know I just didn't do a whole lot with it. I mean, I I feel bad because like I feel like WWE gets a lot of criticism for things. Uh, I mean, this kind of like even with like the whole Jeff Hardy thing right now, like they're like, hey, we want to get Jeff Hardy help. And then he's like, he doesn't want help. And then we get all this mess. Um, Mm. But they they sometimes get painted as the bad guy when, you know, there's probably a lot of stuff we don't know about behind the scenes that, you know, affects these decisions, the way that people act, their, their attitudes. Um, you know, there, you know, there, I know there's a lot of people who get frustrated with the whole, the, the whole idea of the WWE system. Um, but I mean, there's always two sides of a story. So poor Solomon Crow. Yeah. I think he's doing all uh, right though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's doing fine. He's going to get moose here in a couple weeks and it'll be, um, clockwork house of orange match or Yeah. It's going to be good. Um, but not to submarine everything completely. Um, the one thing I totally forgot to mention when we were talking about NXT from then to now is, and it kind of shocked me when I first heard it, but they were making note on commentary of you holding titles outside of WWE. Um, it's Tom Phillips in this match that says that Andrade um, held the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. I like that. And it and it totally just reminded me that NXT didn't I I guess they were they were they were gifted that during this period where they could be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead and just mention whatever you want. That's fine. You know, and this is something I really enjoyed. Um but also, the other thing about this match is I thought the finish was a little underwhelming. Um, I know that we would eventually get Andrade, who would adapt the Hammerlock DDT as his finisher, but um, just the just the double knees in the corner, and then that's it. It was a, it was a little underwhelming, but I think the match did its job. It was Andrade's debut. Um, just Ty doing 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 the job. Exactly what he should be doing. Agreed. <laughs> um, we get the announcement of Triple H uh, doing a Q&A on Facebook right after TakeOver. Um, I know Jeff was first in line for that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you should have used Tom Phillips. You get to talk to the game. <laughs> 
I was like, oh, God, get off my TV. Get off of my television. <laughs> You've struck a chord. Uh, um, then we get Nia Jax warming up. Um, she's challenging for the women's title on this evening. Uh, we get video package of the title change that has recently happened. And then we get the match. It is American Alpha. That would be Chad Gable and Jason Jordan taking on the revival. That would be Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson. Um, uh, Eddie, let's start with you this time. Um, what are your thoughts? What did you think about the match? Once again, the tag division of NXT stills the show. So good. How uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to think thought process wise that the draft, uh, the, the brand split, it, it's it's about to happen, correct? Uh, yeah, I believe it happens yeah. um, months af- after this, but yeah. Because I want to say the first show they did with the draft was SummerSlam because that's where Finn Balor gets his shoulder jacked up from um, – Seth Rollins. So they they're put they're taking the tag title. Yeah, they're taking the tag titles off of American Alpha because they're ready, man. They they've been ready. Gable is is fantastic. Uh, Not ever to discount Jason Jordan because dude looks phenomenal. Dude dude can work. He's Kurt Mm -hmm. Angle's son, so that that's the biggest thing. (laughs) He knows exactly how to work. His dad, you know, competed (laughs) with a broken freaking neck, so that's the big thing. But watch. Just watching them work, like the chemistry between the two, unparalleled, man. You, you can't go wrong with with American Alpha, and of course, same thing. Like we were saying with you know, F, um, I keep wanting to call them FTR, and I hate that. The revival, uh, competent enough, man. Another great tag team, and I think you know, with it being you know what seven years since this show, they have just gotten even better as a tag team. They are probably one of the top tag teams in the world right now, and I think it's hard to argue that. Guys are phenomenal, and uh, I, I remember when it happened, I was super excited because I knew that the uh, that the draft was coming, and I knew that they were probably going to take some people from NXT. So knowing that, you know how the, the show finishes here, uh, knowing that we possibly will get Finn Balor getting called up, which does mm-hmm. happen, and then seeing you know American Alpha and Tag Division going up, super excited. It's hard to argue. I think this match is equally as good as the match they had at Dallas. Agreed. Yeah. Um, quick, quick note. Um, American Alpha was a fifth round pick in the uh, WWE draft. This was July 19th and this show was June 8th. So just a little bit over a month a- after this show was the draft. Uh, Jeff, what did you think of the match? Um. Just tag team wrestling at its finest, yeah. at its absolute finest. And uh, like Eddie said, guys that have chemistry with with their own partner, and also guys that have chemistry with you know the other team. And I don't mean chemistry in the way of you know waiting for spots and standing in places, waiting for people to do moonsaults on you. I mean actual chemistry, knowing what the other team is going to do or not do, and everything looks good. Um, also, these two come out. Well, you know they've already built up good credibility from their, from their, from their other matches. So they come out and the crowd is just so hot for both teams, you know, both guys. Um, or just knowing that the, that the match is coming, you know, but yeah, this is an amazing match and it's just, 
I, again, I think NXT was lightning in a, in, in a bottle. And you know that NXT is the, you know, feeder or whatever, you know, to, you know, the, the goal is getting called up, you know, and I understand that. But like I said, well, well um, uh, what you said with him, with the IWGP being dropped on here, it's almost like, you know, it really was maybe Vince or whoever, you know, the powers that be were, weren't not, not watching the show or like you said, giving a green light for them to do what they want or like, I mean, they know NXT is going on, but maybe it was doing good numbers. So, you know, they don't need to look at it. You know, maybe they just weren't watching every single thing going through, going through with the fine tooth comb. So I think you could do a lot of things, but watching, when I was watching this match, I remember watching it live and thinking like, this is really, really good. And at, you know, and at this point it's, you're almost one, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, well, there's no way like NXT is going to be this good <laughs> for, for, for that long. And I know I'm being pessimistic, but I just remember watching, you know, this show and, and a bunch of other shows too. Just like I said, just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Cause I was thinking like, man, like this is really good. Um, and they have something here that they, that they don't even have on Raw, you know, um, or SmackDown. And I don't even know if they know that, you know, I'm sure they do. But yeah, this was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful to watch. So, something that gets kind of taken for granted, too, because, you know, later on in NXT, even it's starting now, but you get a lot of guys who have a lot of um, success kind of around the world. So you have guys like Finn Balor, who's, you know, huge in Japan and you have guys like Samoa Joe and he's, he's always going to be a TNA guy, no matter what, an ROH guy. Um, But their tag division was always typically homegrown talent and they don't get enough credit for that uh, because they always say a lot, you know, Triple H was signing up all the indie guys. It's hard to argue some of the best tag matches they had, especially around this time period. It's all homegrown guys that they, they brought in and they, and they kind of molded them. And, uh, I didn't mention this either, but but the intensity on Gable and Jordan's faces, like there's a part where they, they I think they hit some like suplexes and stuff, and then like they run and they slide on their knee pads in the ring mm-hmm. and hit the ropes. Fantastic, like I said, but they, they don't get enough credit for that homegrown talent as uh, in the tag division. Yep. Yeah, this this from start to finish was great. Um, everybody was ready, willing, and Gable. Um, it's it's great. They, uh, we, we, uh, we get a shatter machine to finish the match. Um, so they put the titles on the revival and you think that, you know, we've already kind of touched on it. The draft's coming. American alpha's gone. Um, so they're getting their send off and then out of nowhere, uh, two rather larger guys come in. They are destroying American Alphas. They're immediate heels. Um, and this would be AOP. And they've got Paul Ellering by their side. We've already talked about AOP a little bit here on the show. Um, I think this is a great debut. I think this is fantastic. I think you get immediate heel, heel heat because you're coming in and, t- and taking out ar- arguably the most popular tag team in all of NXT. And then on top of that, it's their it's their last match. You know they're gone. And they're standing tall. And they don't tell you who they are, which was great. So now you've got to watch the show. I thought I thought I thought it was a great way to debut. You mean they, they didn't they didn't uh, turn off the lights? And then they and then and then the lights just came back on. 
and then they were standing in the ring and everybody was wondering who the hell are these guys oh imagine that no i don't think so yeah. <laughs> no one no. that no one's ever seen or heard of <laughs> i i, I want to say too is um uh the revival are they not the first ever two-time tag champions as well they are i believe they, yeah, are. they are yeah 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 they are yep yep that was a bit well not i mean that was real but i'm just saying like yeah that was that was a bit for a while for a little bit too such a good tag team. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were. And I actually, Undisputed Era, two-time champs. Actually, more if you start weaving <laughs> them in and out. Um, and Imperium and uh, Sore Subject, MSK. Um, but, yeah, they go down to the long lineage of NXT Tag Team Champions to win the titles twice. So, um, well, well, well-deserved. Um Really quick before we move on, on a scale of one to five, how excited are you for FTR's uh, three-way match tonight with United Empire and and Rapongi Vice? Um, one. Yeah, one and a half. <laughs> yeah, I would I would rather watch them and the Briscoes work all day every day. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but it's fair, it's, it's fair fair enough. It's 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 cornet with like the name test slash the card test slash the WrestleMania test, you know, like you know FTR versus Rapungi Vice. Like what? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh no, don't get me wrong though, because like I'm I'm a huge fan of of Jeff Cobb as well. I I like Jeff Cobb, uh, but um, I don't I don't really I don't really care for Rapungi Vice. I just now, don't. Their, their time is gone. I think it's been gone. Cobb's am, yeah, yeah, Cobb's amazing. Um, thank God he has kind of has a some type of contract. Never forget they just brought him in, and then like oh, uh, you, you never yeah, they just I completely just cut his nuts off on national television. I think um, that, I think that's called blue balls. <laughs> like, <laughs> fun fact about Jeff Cobb. Uh, we actually booked Jeff Cobb years ago, and he broke the van uh, a window out of my van on accident. <laughs> so, because oh, he's probably um, as big as the van. Uh, I don't no, mean so, in a bad way. So, I was I, mean, I was taking I was taking a couple of guys back to the airport. Um, uh, it's totally <laughs> off topic, but kind of on topic because um, I just saw some stuff on. But uh, at the time, it was Joey Ryan and Jeff Cobb, and um, I had a van at the time, and one of my doors on my van, had, you know, they had sliding doors on both sides. It, it would constantly go off the track. So we would never go out that door, like with my wife and my kids. We would never go out that door. We're going to get fixed. Just never got around to getting the fixed. So I'm inside trying to finish stuff up with Cody. He's like, hey, man, we're about to head out. Joey's already in the car. And then Jeff goes to get in the back, and he opens the, 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 the wrong door, and then he goes to close it. And when he closes it, the track caught the back window and just shattered the whole back window. And Jeff's like, <laughs> Jeff's like, he like, you can't like, cause Jeff's a huge dude. And he just looks at yeah. me and goes, dude, I'm so sorry. And I, I like, I start <laughs> fucking with him. I was like, Jeff, what the fuck, man? And he's like, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm like, dude, it's cool. Like, don't stress it, man. Like I'll get it fixed. It was, it was an easy fix. It was like, what, like a $50 fix or something like that. It was an easy fix, but Jeff, <laughs> Like I have a picture and you can see like all the glass and Jeff swept all the glass up in the parking lot and you see his big ass calves and his shoes by it. It's just a fun story. So like we, afterwards we went to Taco Bell, um, just kind of, they were staying at the, the Hilton at the airport where we usually put most of our wrestlers up at. And, um, we stop at Taco Bell and Jeff's like, 
man, is there, are you sure there's not anything I can do, man? I'll, you know, I'll give you money. I was like, how about this, Jeff? You buy me a chicken quesadilla. He goes, okay. So Jeff Cobb bought me a chicken quesadilla because he broke the window out of my, my van. It's a fun story. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> God damn. Fair enough. The, you know, benefits of, you know, transferring talent from your venue back to where they have to stay. It, it's wild to think, man. Like, I know, I don't know if I ever touched on, like, the time I had Ultimo Dragon and Tajiri in my car, too. Like, it's just like, like, in my head, I'm like, if I wreck my car right now and we all die, like, this is going to be a huge uh, story. Oh, you know? don't, don't <laughs> shut up. Shut up. God, That's why we let that. them take it. That's why we let them take Ubers now. Uh, I don't do any of that, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. Um, so, Asuka's working out in the back. She's got her title match. Bailey comes up, wishes her good luck. <sighs> then we get scumbag Austin Aries versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I think Austin Aries is uh, is unprofessional. I don't like the way he conducts business. Um, I think that he's a little overrated. Um, uh, God, I'm going to put you in the spot. Who do you hate more, Austin Aries or Justin Credible? Just incredible because that fucking scumbag. Oh my gosh. All right. So I got to do, do this now because I really don't care. So um, we were, we were, we were going to have him on for an interview and you know, he, he had, he had put on his Twitter like, Oh yeah, you know, I'll come on y'all do, you know, I'll do, you know, any interview with anybody. So I reached out. Okay. So these are the terms I reached out. We paid him. Okay. And he said, you know, we can go and do two hours. Okay. Maybe we'll do one hour this time, one hour when you guys have me back on. And so the first time we tried to have money just completely just, just, just stiffed us. Um, so we had to rebook it. Right. So the second time he was on. Okay. So the first time he said, Oh, um, uh, we had, we had to go to, we had to go to a doctor's appointment. Okay, it's like 7.30 at night, so <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Um, so, and we had paid this guy like 100 bucks. So now here, here we are, and it's now, we, we, we've been on the air for about 40 to 45 minutes, and he's like, oh, uh, I, to- I totally forgot. We've got this thing we've got to go do, but it was great talking to you guys, and we're all like, oh, okay, that went great. So we'll just fill the rest of the time with whatever, with whatever bullshit we want to talk about. And so I reached back out. I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, we really want to have you back on, you know, here relatively soon or, you know, no, no response. Right. So a couple weeks go, go by. And then Grim from Grimm's toy toy show, uh, re- reaches out to me and was like, Hey, I was doing just incredible searches and your post came up. And he sent me screenshots like Grimp had paid him like two or three separate times to come and work him. And guess who got worked? It was Grim because that motherfucker no no showed three different times. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I reached out. So I reached back out to Justin Credible. I'm like, look, you know, I, I, I think I think I think you're just a scumbag. Don't come back on our show. Don't reach out. Um, you've done the same thing to a couple other guys. And the more I looked on Twitter, the shit just kept coming and coming. And I'm like, didn't do my fucking research on this one, but you know what? Hey man, now it, wiser it, for the better. 
if it makes you feel better, he had a jock strap on his head in 95. So there's that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But I just I I initially felt bad though, because um it was at the time where it was Jeff, I, a couple other guys, we were all chipping in to try and get these bigger names on. So it wasn't like paying 200, 250 bucks up front, you know, to try and get these guys to come on. So he was like, Hey, um, you know, can you go ahead and pay pop money over now? I kind of want to go get dinner. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, dude, you can't afford dinner. Like, what the fuck? Like, fuck are we doing, man? I felt so I got guilt trip there, but never again. And I swear to God, if that if I ever see that motherfucker in the street, I might pull a Singapore cane out of my ass. Whoa. <laughs> How big's your asshole, but <laughs> listen, 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 listen. Uh, that's a that's that's another episode, okay? <laughs> um, so just incredible is on is on the list. Um, Jeff, who else is on the list for us? Fucking Joey, Joey Janela is a scumbag. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Joey, Joey, uh, Joey Ryan's a scumbag. Yeah, but I mean, again, I was, I wasn't glad that happened, but I was glad that happened because all my friends could finally get off my ass about it. Yeah, like, but, um, and Jeff, then, you don't know the guy. Hey, I, I can, I can personally tell you that all the, all come the to find out he's an asshole. All, all the allegations with Joey Ryan, um, uh, we never had anything weird like that happen at our shows because we used Joey for a while because we had a good rapport with, jo- with Joey. Joey yeah. got over with the crowd, and Joey was always a nice guy to us. So when all those allegations came out, we were all kind of shocked. It was like, oh, shit. Like, we didn't know anything about this. But uh, every time I had dealings with Joey, Joey was always super nice to me. He was always super nice to my wife and my kids. So, I mean, I, that's all I can speak for. Joey Janelle, on the other hand, go fuck himself. I hate that guy. Yeah. Um, and then I just think by association, uh, fuck, you, Matt, fuck you, Matthew Justice. Oh, yeah, Matt, Matt Justice can go fuck himself as well. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. no-showed us, and you can go uh, tell Marco Stunt's uh, short ass that he can go fuck himself too because he's no-showed us like two or three times. <laughs> so uh, I, I hope uh, I hope someone doesn't drop him really hard on his shoulder and he can't wrestle ever again, so there's that. <laughs> I mean, I'm by fine with that. I, I'm fine with it. I'm not a Marco Stunt guy. Back, um, back, like... back to <laughs> – Go ahead. Anybody Sorry. else? Anybody else we want to? Anybody else we want to? You know, just you know, motherfuck before we keep going. Um, I uh, unfortunately back to NXT. Jeff has unfortunately op- opened up a can of worms. So Sorry. Um, yeah, you can fuck Austin Aries though. Fuck Austin yeah, Aries. Yeah, you can follow us at <laughs> WP Pod One on all your social media sites. Okay. Um. So I'm not the biggest Austin Aries guy. Okay. Um. I think I think his work here is fine. Um, out of all of Nakamura's NXT Takeover matches, I think this is his worst. I can agree with that. Um, I just mm-hmm. feel like they they did not gel very well. No, I mean, and, and that's not and that's not anything on either guy. I think Austin Aries is a great wrestler. Person mm-hmm. personally, like a, as a person, huge piece of shit. Um, he proved that with all the. Uh, the, the mass stuff uh, in 2020. So yeah. Um, low key can go fuck and go fuck himself too, for the same reason. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he, uh, he, he, another guy super competent enough to have a great match. He, yeah. he, he gets it. Uh, he may be an unprofessional cunt, but um, at least, you know, in the ring dude can work. Um, so you would think in this match that him and Nakamura would kind of, you know, 
Still the show. However, Nakamura still shines regardless of what happens in this match. Uh, dude can pretty much overcome anything. We've seen that on the main roster for, for years now. Yeah. So I was so let down by this match. Um, as, you, I, man, as you should have been. I couldn't wait to see this match because, again, I'm – Austin Aries, the wrestler I enjoy, Austin Aries, the person, you know, he's in the same, like we just said, he's in the same mold as Loki. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that this was going to be better than it was. And I think it's it's exactly what Eddie said. It's, I mean, neither one of them wrestled bad, per se. It's just that uh, their styles didn't work. It, it almost seemed like they needed a... Yeah, one match before they actually, you know, to get to know each other and then to get to another match. But yeah, this, uh, I thought this was going to steal the show and be everything I wanted it to be. And it wasn't, um, you know, but that's, that's wrestling sometimes. Yeah. And the worst part is that, um, Austin Aries come, comes out and his ribs are taped. So you get those DDP vibes. Okay. Well, I can tell you, he can bring his arms out to a T, all right, and Hulk it out and go fuck himself. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck him. So this match was fine. I, I'm 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 still gonna say that because I think we can all all agree that as as a as a biggest scumbag as he is, um, you know, the guy can work, he's smart. Um, you know, just just the vibe for this one. And I think coming and one can say that people that were hoping to get um, another version of Nakamura's Sami Zayn from the last Takeover show, um, if you were looking for that, you you weren't going to get that first off. Um, and I don't think that Nakamura right now is at his point in time in the States to be able to carry um, the 210 pounds of dead weight that is, that, that is Austin Aries. Um, I will say that the vibe suffered, but I think that, I think that Austin Aries in this match did a great job of selling the injuries. I think working those into the story was really well done. Um, so all in all, I mean, this, it's fine. Like I said, I think it's definitely one of Nakamura's weaker NXT takeover matches. Um, I think the stuff after this, I know he wins the title coming up next. Um, I think his matches with Joe were good. Um, he had a couple with Bobby Roode that were good. Um, so, yeah, that was just fine. If I had to watch, here's here, I'll say this. If I had to watch this match or the opener again, I'd probably unfortunately and be and begrudgingly watch this one. Um because I, I think I think the two, as far as enjoyability for me, are about the same. Yeah, I, I would I say would... like it, 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 it goes back to like I was talking about like how the, the NXT tag division was all basically homegrown dudes. Um, your homegrown guys had a better match in Austin Aries and Nakamura, and that's kind of wild to think about. But like yeah. I said, sometimes sometimes two styles just they don't gel very well, and um, I think that's just one of those instances, you know. 
Yeah, I think that was the other thing too. I think I think it could have been better if you switched this match and the next match because I think um, even though you still have AOP come out at the end of that tag match, I think there was no way that Aries and Nakamura were gonna were were, were gonna follow that tag match and keep the crowd going. I think the breather was gonna be Nia Nia Jackson Oscar. And then you bring this match on and then you've got your main event. And I think the flow a little bit for me would have probably worked a little better. That makes sense. Uh, But speaking of um, everybody's favorite, uh, everybody's favorite face, face smasher, Nia Nia Jax um, taking on Asuka next for the NXT women's championship. But before that, uh, we get a plug for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Uh, yay. Um, and that was also uh, UFC 202, um, which is most famous for Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz and CM Punk's UFC debut. So there's that. Um, you get the shot of Samoa Joe coming in earlier in the day. You get the video package and then there's this match and um, who wants to take this one because I I, I, <laughs> oh. I would rather not I would rather not shit on anybody else on this show. <laughs> Bring it on over. I got this. Take it. Nia, Nia Jax going back to her, when she first debuted and they immediately pushed her pretty much to the moon because they she immediately got into a feud with Bailey. Uh, I believe they wrestled at TakeOver London. Maybe. Um, I want to say that's where they, they wrestled and she choked her out. I think, that's, I think that was the show. I could be wrong. Um, I'm but like most girls. She just... I, I think they, they skyrocketed her way too fast. Uh, I want to say, didn't she also get drafted? In, in the draft, I could be wrong. He sure did. Um, how anybody like how would you not take Bailey and and leave Nia Jax? To, I don't I don't understand. Um, Nia Jax guess, was also a fifth round pick, by the way. Yeah, she she just has never done anything to impress me. She has hurt so many people. Um, and I know it's kind of, it was kind of like a big joke, but sincerely, she she injured a lot of people. Just, I mean, the whole fact alone of where she blasted Becky Lynch in the face may have been a blessing in disguise for Becky because I think that's what kind of motivated her to get super over uh, that whole was, iconic, yeah. that iconic shot of her nose and her face all fucked up in the in the crowd right leading into uh, SummerSlam where we didn't get her versus Ronda, which same thing uh, I may have been a huge blessing Ooh. in disguise for her, um, but uh, yeah. you know, Oscar is kind of off to like a, a rough start. I feel like the match she had with Bailey was just okay. Uh, I've the, uh, from the last uh, from Dallas, and then you know we get this match, and it's kind of like, you know, is is it just she's not gelling well with people or what? Um, you know, later on, of course, she starts killing it, having great matches with everybody. I know we watched the match um, where she they did the four way match, and it had like a weird finish there too. Um, so I, I feel like it's just kind of hit or miss with Oscar, and I don't mm-hmm. know if it's. Like I said, just the, just not gelling well with people. I don't know, but Nia Jax, I just never been a fan of. 
kudos to them for wanting to put a a, a plus size woman into a position uh, to to get over. Um, mm-hmm. I would prefer I would prefer uh, uh, Piper uh, Niven. Uh, I don't like to call her Dewdrop because it's fucking degrading. <laughs> um, but uh, she's ten times the worker that Nia Jax ever would be, um, and and that that's pretty much it. Like I mean, it, it, it's a match that happened on on a takeover. Um, so there's that. Yeah, so we've talked about American Alpha being drafted. They were fifth round pick. Uh, Nia Jax was a fifth round pick. Alexa Bliss was a ninth round pick. That was another um, surprising one, but to the moon, man, good for her. Um, and then in the eleventh round, we would get Mojo Rawley and Carmella drafted to SmackDown. And then the Mojo. other, and then the God damn it, he <laughs> he's done some really good char- charity work post WWE. Um, I think, I think most notably he did, um, I've, um, I think his name's Charlie rocket or whatever he teamed with him and he did some like charity work, uh, most recently in the lead up to WrestleMania. So, you know, good on him finding, you know, his way outside of WWE. Um, and there is one more notable draft pick in this draft that we'll get to here. Um, in the main event, but this this match for me is just another Asuka NXT match on a on a takeover. It's um, I thought they were getting somewhere, kind of um, you know, kind of towards the back half of the match, and then it just ended. So, um, not that I would really want to watch these two go for another three to four minutes, but at the same time, I think it was. I I think it was getting somewhere that I wanted it to be in the first part of the match. And then once you got to this point, it was like, oh yeah, oh, I don't want to see anymore. We're good. We're good. Um yeah, this is I'm obviously not a fan of Nia Jack. She's heard a bunch of people. Um and side note too. Um when Oscar comes out, whenever I see this NXT belt, I just I can't see the the monstrosities. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Because we didn't talk shots. about we didn't talk about uh, the uh we talked about I'll them changing the that. title belts. We talked about them changing the yeah. title belts on one of the last shows, and I really wanted to mention it, but I didn't. I'm not gonna mention it here either. But that's immediately what I thought as well. Yeah, when I when she like took you know, she like took her robe off you know like her little thing and i was like oh that's right i was like oh boy um but yeah if you know you know but yeah these uh uh nia jacks i'm not a fan of um obviously um but i also think to um not to defend her because you shouldn't be out here hurting people but i think it's what eddie said i mean i think they just pushed her to the moon like too fast way too fast i think with time and 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 more training, she could have been, you know, at least serviceable, you know, um, I'm all for, uh, like, you know, like not giant, I'm not saying she's a giant, but you get what I'm saying, like plus size or even, even like bigger men, I'm all for a big bad and she's a big bad. So you have to let her be a big bad, but if she doesn't know what she's doing, then it doesn't work. And she didn't know what she was doing. And when you're big and strong and stronger than the, the women that you're working with, like that's what happens. You start hurting people and WWE didn't really get, didn't really care. She didn't get punished for it or anything like that. She's also the rock's cousin. So maybe there was some of that. Um, but yeah. Um, 
and Asuka, and I said like Asuka a lot, but WWE has just made her, I just can't, I just couldn't care less about her right now. And it's not fair to her. Like she didn't do anything wrong. It's just the yelling and their character, you know, in air quotes, whatever the hell they have her doing all the time. It's just, it's just, it's just awful. Um, but yeah, this match was, you know, nothing special at all. Um, as soon as it started, I just wanted it to be over. Yeah, yeah. The, the most character development she had is the, oh my whole spot. So that was pretty much <laughs> the 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 extent of her character development. Yeah, just yelling and like stereotypical. Like if she was black or any other, you know, what I'm saying like the stuff mm-hmm. that she does, the stuff that they have her do is. I'm not saying it's necessarily racist, but it's just like token. Asian, you know, like I'm trying to be correct here, Japanese, you know, like, like, yes, she's crazy and she's a wrestler, but like, it doesn't mean she can't talk or she's always yelling and dancing. Like, I, I don't, I don't think I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I don't get it. Like, I, I don't understand it, but, but, um, you know, and, and, and unfortunately it's made me like, not that I don't like her, but it's just maybe when she comes on TV, I just, I don't care. I think I think the one that got me was um it was the raw after uh money in the bank and it was when Becky announced that like she was pregnant and like uh they were both in the ring and you know obviously it's this pandemic so no crowd or anything and she and she was like this wasn't for uh a title op- opportunity she opened it up and was like this is for me like, like you're not a fucking child, okay? First, yeah, off. like, and then second scared. of all, like she's like, yeah, you're the champion, and then just like, like she's a fucking wacky, waving inflatable, arm flailing two person. It's fuck, it's it, it, it's a fucking joke, okay? Yeah, and the fact that she's not a champion right now on the main roster, but you have Carmella in a, in a, in a title match is also a fucking joke. But again, I digress. Man, I'm just getting all kinds of worked up today. What are you feeling today, boy? Setting up for the inevitable with uh championship win of a, of a John Moxley later that I'm also going to be really upset about. You're right. You're right. Man. Um, <laughs> I may get kicked off of Twitter tonight. I'm sorry. Side note, if you haven't yet heard um, the uh, Forbidden Door episode I put up the other day, um, Jeff and I are going to AMC tonight. We're going to watch it in the theater. Uh, that would be Forbidden Door. Um, be quite the experience, but um, so many problems with this show. But yeah, we might get kicked out of the theater tonight, though. Too just heads up. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking Markville, USA. <laughs> but here we are. We're Jeff, going. Jeff's gonna be standing up. Boo, boo. Yeah, so yeah, gonna have no. to leave. boo. I can, I can already tell you what it's gonna be like. It's gonna be like the UEW show. Everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, boo!" We're gonna be like, "Yes, yes, <laughs> yes." Like, okay. For example, Logan. Logan Easton LaRue, okay? What a fantastic gimmick, first off. Second of all, the guy can work, okay? So when I saw that he was 
um, the last talent announced for Uncivil War. I was pumped. I was I was yes. super excited because the yeah, guy is, he's great. He's oh, yeah. Fantastic. We're super excited to get him back. Oh, but you know everybody else was like, ooh, like very like 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 not really committed. Jeff and I, yes. You're doing great work, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so good. So good. Oh, God, who was who was who was he working? Um, because he because it was the title shot, but it was supposed to be fucking sh- fucking Jamuk T- Timmy Danger. Um, oh, it's fucking Eddie Guerrero. Oh, yeah. what's his name? Um, something Kirby. Leo Leo Kirby. Okay. Yeah. Um, Leo Leo Kirby looks like Eddie Guerrero without the mullet in 1996. <laughs> so that was, half, that was half his gimmick, brother. <laughs> and the muscles. Um, so again, submarining the show because that's what we do. Um, <laughs> we get an interview from earlier with William Regal. Um, and then out of nowhere, out of the corner, Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode walks by in the background, goes into his office, Regal follows in, and we would eventually get Bobby Roode on the main roster, not the main roster, on NXT television. Bobby Roode! Um, I wish he was still there. Even even in 2.0. I don't care. He's been on TV. He's been on main roster television once this year. That's sad. Or I think since since Mania, even even since April, I think it's only been once. Um, he's been on NXT the same amount of times he's been on the show that he's actually on. So, what the fuck are we doing anyway? Um, <laughs> like, it's just frustrating. Um, we move on to our main event of the evening. It is Samoa Joe defending his NXT Championship um, against Finn Balor. But not just Finn Balor. Um, it is the demon Finn Balor. And this is not just a regular match. It's a steel cage match. So I really enjoyed this, first of all. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this was the first steel cage match in NXT history. It is. Fantastic. And I was when I, when we found out it was going to be at full cell, I was super curious of how they were going to put uh, a steel cage in there. And then, sure enough, they 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 did it. And I was like, oh hell, that's kind of cool how they did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jeff, I'll let you go first. Anyone first last time? What did what did you think okay. about this one? Um, I actually didn't like this match. Didn't um, like it. Yeah, it it's not bad. Again, mm. but so in the realm of wrestling matches, no, th- this it this is a good match. It's not a bad match. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just remember I didn't like the booking that went into this, and Joe won the belt at a house show, and and I, I didn't like. I'm not the biggest, uh, you know, um, what's his, the a Finn Balor fan, Fergal Devitt, Prince Devitt. I'm just not. He can wrestle. He's, he's amazing. I'm just not a fan of his, so maybe like maybe that's it. And and 
Eddie, you were, I'm sure, you know, hitting the hard, hitting NXT hard like like we were back in the day. I just didn't understand how you went from like Neville, who was fighting all the time, defending all the time, um, you know, just like uh, you know, champions before, um, champions before. Why can I keep? Why do I keep forgetting this guy's name? Fergal, uh, Prince Devin, or whatever his real name is. Um, on NXT, they would show like it would be uh, he wouldn't be on the show, and then they would have it run like a vignette and be like next week, you know, he'll be here. I'm like, well, why isn't he on the show wrestling? Like, if he's hurt, that's fine, mm-hmm. and then that's that's one thing. But he didn't really wrestle. Like he wrestled, but like the, as in, like title defenses, he had title defenses, but. I don't I don't know if they were switching to a new system or if he was hurt, but like his reign, he he didn't have to wrestle as much as the NXT champions, heavyweight champions before him. And that yeah. chat my ass a little bit. I didn't understand why that was going on. And again, it's not for me to understand. I'm just Mark and I understand that. You know, so again, this is all personal. Um but I, I don't know. Again, this match wasn't bad by any means, but I remember just being not wishy-washy, but just not understanding why, you know, this guy got not special treatment, but I don't, again, if he's hurt, that's one thing I, you know, I, I don't know, but he never really wrestled like everybody else did. And it kind of, uh, it kind of stuck with me a little bit. If I'm, I'm bitching and complaining, I, I understand that, but you guys can, you guys can take it. Well, here, here's, here's, I have to agree. I feel like uh, the problem with this is they they kind of milked this feud already. Um, but going to what Jeff was saying, uh, there's a few things that they they did like that you that you didn't like that I get just from like a Booker standpoint because uh, even with us watching 95 WWF with Wrestling Ruined, uh, the Undertaker's only appeared on Raw once, and we're in June of '95. So the idea of keeping Finn very used to, to a very minimum makes it feel like a bigger deal when he is used as a champion. It's hard to, to, to say, you know, we were, you're not going to see your champion all the time, but th- at the same time, it's like when you do see him, it's special because he's not always used. I get that. Uh, the, also the, the whole idea of Joe winning the title on house shows. I also understand because it's an old tactic with the WWF where um, if you go to a live event, you never know what's going to happen. So it's an idea for them to push tickets to say, hey, if you're going to, you know, if you come to one of our shows, you might see a title change. And that way it feels like, you know, and they and every NXT house show I've ever been to, there was always a camera crew there. So you never know what's going to happen or who's going to, you know, what's going to, what could happen. So I get that whole thought process too. Um, I think for a cage match, it's okay. I think Finn takes a lot of bumps into the cage that looks really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the finish of the match is fucking it, like the like the top rope uh, muscle buster, which thank God he didn't fucking you know break his neck like he did Tyson Kids, but um, it, it it looked really effective. But to me, I think after after Dallas, I already had my fill of this feud. Uh, mm-hmm. The whole idea of uh, this is the first time that I think Finn Balor as the Demon lost. Um, I don't think there's really been any other – I think the only other time is I think he lost to AJ Styles um, when they did the uh, the match where, like, everybody was sick. I think it was oh, TLC where, ev- where everyone – I think he was supposed to work Bray Wyatt and then like, Roman Reigns was out. Kurt Angle was part of the Shield. Yeah, um, I think that's, that. that's the only <laughs> – that's, like, the only two times I can really think about um, 
him losing as the as the the demon. I get the gimmick. I mean, I think it's cool. I think he's a fantastic performer. Um, and I think you know him getting hurt right after you know into the draft here. Um, it really uh, it, it affected his stock because they put the rocket to him, and they don't they don't do that to very many people. And um, and I, I mean, I named my son Finn. So I mean, there, there's something there to that. I always thought very captivating. I think the whole face paint was cool. I think the new Japan ship was cool. Him coming out in caskets and kicking the damn door open. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's cool shit. Um, but like, th- just thinking about this whole takeover to me, that when the highlight is the tag match, it, it kind of um, it kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth, considering the performers that are on it. Um, so this is an article from September 2021. This is courtesy of comicbook.com. Uh, 13 and one record as the demon. Um, six and zero on the main roster. Obviously, we know that's not up to date because he lost to Roman Reigns. Um, he actually went over AJ Styles at that. That's TLC it. Show. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so he did go over in that match. So yeah, the, the only match he lost was. <laughs> On the main roster is when he uh, the the top rope magically broke. I hate you, WWE, so much. Yeah. Well. Oh, don't forget he was also the demon in the in one of those dumb Saudi shows. Yeah. Very very randomly, I might add. Uh, so, I think we've kind of hit on the main points. I didn't like. The fact that you could escape to win. Now, I'm very old school cage match rules where you can escape and win. I think this is a feud ender. I think you shouldn't have been able to to, to escape. I think it's it, it kind of looks silly in the beginning when you know ah you know they try to go through the door. They both try to climb the cage. Like like for me that kind of took me out of it because it's like, okay, you guys are in a pretty long feud over the biggest prize of the promotion you're working in. Uh, you guys try to be beating the hell out of each other. Um, it, it just, it just looks silly to me. I wasn't a fan of it. Um, I think the, um, I think the I think the notable point of the match is the finish when we do get the muscle buster from the top rope to win. Um, it was, it was fine. I think that's kind of the overall vibe I get from this show outside of the tag match was, it was fine. Like it wasn't anything spectacular other than the tag match, but even the tag match was, I mean, it was, it was really good, but it wasn't like, it, it, it wasn't great. It never got to that next point for me, but what do you guys think? I think you pose a good point. Um, something Brandon that we do, you know, the wrestling room shows with. Um, he always brings into a, into fact that the best cage match is Brett versus Owen from SummerSlam '94, which it's hard to argue. It's one of the best cage matches I think I've ever seen as well. Yeah. But the idea of a cage match uh, is it's supposed to be a feud ender, but typically it's supposed to be for a chicken shit hill that keeps trying to get away or cheating to win. And mm-hmm, the yeah. idea that the babyface is trying to escape the cage kind of makes him look like a bitch. Like the whole idea is that you want to sit there and beat the shit out of the guy, get your paybacks, and then you know keep the chicken shit hill from leaving the cage, not you. Um, so it, I always go back to that. And um, 
like I said, it's kind of a lackluster takeover. Like I was excited to watch it, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I was just kind of like, eh, this is a – I mean, especially coming off, you know, Nakamura versus uh, Sami Zayn, you know, the takeover before this, and it's just kind of like, eh, um, on, to, on to the next one. Um, yeah, the next step from here would be that Finn Balor would be drafted um, number five overall in the WWE draft. Um, forgot to mention that. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, what did what did what did you think think of the show overall? Um, before I get to that, uh, I think what Eddie said is correct. Um, he's a wrestling puritan. He didn't even know it. Um, yeah, the, the oh, cage match is, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. is for uh, yeah. uh, uh, a man after my own heart. The wrestling pure. I mean, the 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 cage match is for a chicken shit heel. You know, like it's it's a blow off. It's it's to keep people out, a manager out. You know. Um, you know, Dusty getting his leg broke, um, you know, Tully and Magnum. I mean, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, you can Tully and Magnum, you can go on, 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 on. And, but I think people have, you know, forgot the, you know, what it's supposed to be. Well, I don't want to say what it's supposed to be used for. You can use it for whatever you want, but now it's, it's just become a, how much punishment can we inflict on two people or throw people through and off and, or gimmick climbing cages and spots and ripping doors off, like, which all that's fine. Like, don't get me wrong. I know in 2022, we're not going to be having, you know, I quit matches and cages. I, I understand that, but you know, it's just, we should, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well, we should. Um, but it, it's, it's like Eddie said, you got your, you got your demon. Oh, he's a demon. Look how cool he is. He has face paint. And he's he's the one running around here trying to hop out of here like he's the heel, the chicken shit heel. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, this the 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 the, the card and pay per view wasn't bad. I think the tag team match was great. I think the tag team match sucked the life out of the whole show. Um, and that can happen. Like I've seen, I've been to shows, the million shows, and seen it happen before. I, again, I, when I went to WrestleMania and seen Punk first um undertaker um that you know I, and like i can't explain it either for whatever reason that sucked the life out of the, the show and everything after that not that nobody cared about but like everybody was like exhausted um and it's weird how that happens and it's it's you know, like I, uh... I don't think you can put a it's i guess it's it's eddie you would know more than us but like i mean maybe you can say hey maybe this this will be the match you know like these guys should do it but I don't know. It's just, and I and I mean this from a fan point of view. It's it's wild when you see it happen. It's crazy. It's like a rock, uh, rock Hogan, and then Triple H, Jericho had to follow it. WrestleMania 18. I mean, sometimes you ha- you have that, and some you know, especially in a few that they're super invested in. I feel like after a while, they weren't really invested in the whole uh, Finn Balor Samoa Joe angle anymore because it's kind of reached its peak. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you know they already they already wrestled at what like three takeovers now. Because they wrestled yeah. at London, they wrestled at uh, Dallas, and they wrestled here. So, um, plus, you know, the stuff where, you know, he, he lost the title, you know, on a house show. Um, so, yeah, and I think that people were invested in American Alpha and wanted them to keep the title belts, too, because they they, they noticed that shit, too, that they're the homegrown team, you know. They're, they're the homegrown guys. Sometimes people get behind that more. So, it's just kind of a victim of a of a of match placement, kind of like you know, it's the, going back to the Sami Zayn Nakamura match. It kind of did the same thing. Yeah, all facts, all facts. But that's what you expect 
Wendy Lesno Retro Review, courtesy of your very own wrestling purists. Um, Eddie, the floor is yours. Whatever you want to plug, share, uh, vent on, the floor is yours. Lord, uh, like I was telling you, uh, I think I put it on Twitter. I have uh, my hands in so many pots right now. Um, you know, this week alone, we released two podcasts. Uh, you know, the, the, the next evolution, you know, the rise and the demise of the black and gold brand. Um, every Thursday, they should be dropping. Um, bi-weekly, of course, with Wrestling Ruin on, sa- on Saturdays. Um, we're the next show that we're going to be covering after you know our episode that just dropped is Great American Bash '95, um, which the opening match for uh, for this I've already started to watch it. Uh, Alex Wright versus Brian Pillman. Holy shit, it's really good. Who would yeah. who would have thought? You know, um, uh, well, so I mean, it's got Alex uh, Wright in it, dude. Alex underrated man. I'm telling <laughs> you, talking about here, uh, Alex. He's so <laughs> underrated in '95. Um, but we do also see the Renegade versus Arn Anderson. So we have our ups and our downs. Um, and, and of, of course, we do get the stud stable. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, oh, uh, the uh, and then, of course, NGW. So, I mean, kind of go from the top with the, the Next Evolution pod. Um, follow us on social media at Next NXT Evolution POD. Um, like I said, the, the next episode, we just the first one we covered, Bo Dallas and the Ascension I was talking about debut. Seth Rollins debuts on the next episode. So uh, there's a lot of cool stuff and things that are popping in. The whole idea of this podcast is to kind of figure out, you know, was NXT a success? Did it breed stars? Did it make stars? And uh, I think yes and no. So that's kind of the, the big thing with that. Um, and then, like I said, Wrestling Ruined at Wrestling Ruined on all social medias. And like I said, Great American Bash 95 is creeping up. And then uh, NGW, guys, July 24th. It's, Four weeks from from today, um, we'll have uh, Uncivil War Seven. Uh, we've already announced Matt Cross, uh, Shug D, uh, Logan Easton, Larue. <laughs> I made sure made sure uh, Ryan let me know th- to say Easton because you know. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm trying. Oh, uh, we've also announced uh, Jordan Oliver, um, who is kind of a bright spot at GCW. I am not a GCW shill. I think most of it's garbage. Um, but uh, I think Jordan Oliver is a, is a bright spot, super young kid who uh, can work his ass off. Seen him in MLW. Um, he's actually been wanting to work for us for a while, and uh, we're trying to bring some new faces in. And uh, who else have we announced? I'm trying to think. Is that it? Uh, you guys did Trey Lamar, right? Trey Lamar, yeah, and Calvin Tankman Gosh. as well. Calvin Tankman's a, a, a damn beast. Um, I know you guys didn't get to check out our show. We did a, a, our bar show that we did. But holy hell, uh, Tankman and Facade delivered. They did some crazy stuff in that match, and it was uh, it was pretty damn good. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to to bring this show. Uh, we have a, a lot of surprises. I almost told Jeff the uh, one of the big matches that we had because then I was like, hey, are you guys coming or not? He's like, I think we are. And I was like, well, I'm not going to tell you if you guys are coming. If you weren't coming, I would have. If you would have lied to me, I would have told him. But yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, um, check us out at NextGenTN on all social medias nextgentn.net slash tickets get your tickets um and then um i can think we can go ahead and say too that we're uh um yeah fuck it i'll say it um we're returning to newport in october our home away from home uh in the armory the the armory that kind of bred us um it's a it's it's a different venue from what everyone's going to be used to if you've only been checking us out at the terminal um but this place has a weird um aura about it and it's almost like 
you know, when people talk about haunted places that, you know, these locations hold in like all the residual energy and shit, that's how this place is. Uh, I know Smoky Mountain used to run there back in the day and all these, you know, people have, have ran there and, um, I'm really excited to go back there, but it's going to be Nightmare on Armory Road. We, we return uh, in October there. Uh, not on Halloween. We learned our Thank lesson God. last time. So, uh, <laughs> but um, more info will come out after uh, Civil War 7. And um, But yeah, I appreciate you guys always having me on and getting to talk about wrestling. Wrestling's always uh, near and dear to my heart, if it be it good or bad. And, you know, wrestling wrestling's there for us, um, even AEW for some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say that um, Facade had nothing but great things to say about the bar show when we saw him at UEW. Um, so the word is spreading, I promise you. If you haven't checked out Next Generation Wrestling Tennessee, um, all it costs you is $9.99. You can head out over to High Spots Network, uh, sub. It's a month by month, so all it costs is $9.99 if, you, if you're not sure. Dip your toe in the pool. You won't be disappointed. You'll yeah, be, guys. You'll be front row just like us at almost every single show. Yeah, and high um, spots too. I mean, it's not like it's just NGW shows. There's pro wrestling gorilla stuff on there. So there's a lot of oh, like, yeah. hidden gems on yeah. there of some really great matches. Um, and it has all of our catalog. The only show that's not on there yet is uh, Never Say Die. I guess we had some yeah. uh, some some video issues uh, with the way that it was filmed. We didn't use our normal guys, so I think it was just a long process, and we just haven't had that released yet. Um, but the bar show is on there, and um, if you got an ad, it's, it's only about an hour long. We only did five matches. Uh, it was pretty wild, and it was pretty fun. Um, we got to see a lot of fun stuff, and Matt Cross and uh, Jason Kincaid, they killed it too. Uh, Matt Matt did. actually jumped off the bar top and caught his head on a uh, one of the TVs above. It was pretty cool. Um, the bar loved us. The bar wants us to come back and do another one. Uh, we may or may not have a championship belt dedicated to these bar shows, That's which fantastic. is kind of cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, it, just really excited, guys. Definitely check us out. Uh, Jeff, where can they find you on social media? Uh, Jeff M. Hall 1 on the Twitter machine. Just as everybody uh, is coming to check you out and seeing all your hot takes on uh, bar shows and AEW and all types of other different topics. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so two weeks from now, we'll have Eddie's uh, cohort on the Next Evolution podcast. It'll be Travis Lasseter uh, joining us to talk about Bash of the Beach 2000 um that's why the company's in the damn shape it's in because of bullshit bullshit like this this. yeah um but we do have a show we do have a show next week um this is our july uh fourth episode dedicated to all great things in wrestling it's bash the beach 1996 uh this is most notable i'll save it um but um, the opener is Rey Mysterio Jr. in Psychosis. And the main event has got, um, has got a third man in it. I really think you want to look out. Oh, man, this is totally Conan versus Ric Flair, right? Uh, you're damn right it is. Oh, Travis is going to be so excited to hear you guys talk about Conan. It's his favorite wrestler. <laughs> Fuck Conan. 
Um, <laughs> for everybody. Look, look, hold on. This has got a Carson City silver dollar match on it. It's a taped fist match. Oh, a double shit. dog collar match. Um, this is this has been Benoit versus Sullivan as, as well, right? Uh, it's a it's a tag match, but yeah, hell yeah. Um, you're more than welcome to come on if you want. Uh, I'll let you all do your thing. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Um, yeah, you've got too many hats on anyway. Um, this also has a Mongo match, and anytime there's a Mongo match, you can count me in. Uh, um, also, you know, go show him some love and support on Twitter. He looks to be um, in some. I'm in doing some the best. Shape. Yeah, so uh, go show go show old Mongo some love on Twitter. Um, while you're there, show us some love on Twitter. We're at WPPod1. You can check us out on Facebook. I'm really shitty at updating it, but uh, WPPod1. Um, I don't know what our merch store is going to look like, if I have to take down the or not. Um, but you can still go on there and buy what you want, and I'll have a new promo code up at the end of the week. So you can still use TWP Pride for the month of June. It takes 20% off of your order. And... Gosh, is there anything else? Yeah. Um, enjoy Forbidden Door tonight, as you will. Um, find some enjoyment out of it. Um, that's all for this episode, guys. Um, it's Jeff, Ryan, Eddie. Thank you. It's always, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, continue to support local, local wrestling. That's good all ro- we got. Good, lo- good local wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Support good local wrestling. Uh, make sure you go to your local gymnasium. Maybe even your uh, Ben Wallace Community Center. Um, And that's it. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care.